0: It's The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.
1: Welcome to Hour 2 of The Truth with Sherwin Hughes. Today is the first day of Women's History Month, and we're talking about all of the things by the end of the month, we're going to have a thorough understanding of women. I think women sometimes don't understand women. That's fine. Sometimes y'all wake up and you feel like a different person. And we as men have to we have to know who that different person is, even though you may not know who she is. That's fine. Comes with the territory. I wonder who has it better. Men or women. Legitimate question. Whose lives are easier? Whose trajectories are simpler? Men or women. There's advantages to both. I've never been a woman. <laughs> Let me just say that. That's something that needs to be said nowadays. And no offense to people that have been both men and women. Shout out to you. But I don't know if I'd like it, being a woman cuz I wouldn't be able to trust men ever. Ever. Like if a man was being nice to me. And if I was a woman, can we be clear? I'd be beautiful. I would be a sweet, smoking piece of tail. I would be All y'all would want me. What were well, you? I would I'd be a beautiful woman. Oh you just, Why are you making fun of my little booty cheeks? If I was a woman, I'd have I have a fat bottom. I'd be chesty, too. I'd be so thick. I would be, I would be. people would whistle at me. Other women would hit on me. They would. My hair would be very nice. Anyways, if a man, if I'm at the Starbucks, and let's say I'm a woman. Let's say I was born a woman, and my name is Sherwina. But what's the female version of Sherwin? Sherlyn, Sherlilla, Shirley, Shirley, Sherlene, Sherwina, Sherlene. And I'm at the Starbucks. And I'm ordering my coffee because that's what women do. They order their coffee. Hi, I'd like a triple mocha. Hi, I'd like a triple mocha latte, frappuccino, soy. And the guy behind me is just, he's in thrall. I smell good. And I'm wearing a sundress. I got a fat ass too. And he's what? You can't get mad at me talking about me as a woman. I can talk about my fat ass as a woman. I ain't talking about nobody else's fat ass, talking about mine. I'm thick. Okay? Rhea, you mad because I might be thicker than you as a woman. I might take your man. Stop it. Don't do that. It's not very funny. And what if the man behind me wants to pay for my coffee? Am I just to assume? Like, how do I even accept it? Because if I accept it, am I inviting his advances? I remember I ain't even seen this man. And I go and I order my coffee. I like a triple mocha, a triple mocha latte, frappuccino, soy, extra foam, whip, or whatever I order. And then a barista says, Oh, the gentleman behind you just signaled that he's going to pay for your coffee order. And I turn around, Oh, do I accept it? Because what if he expects something from me? What if he expects some of my sweet stuff? Or are men just, they just? are they just generally nice? If I'm walking into a building and a man holds the door for me. Because I know, ladies, I probably shouldn't tell you this. Probably 61, between 43 and 61% of the men that are nice to you randomly want to sleep with you. Sorry, because otherwise, what? Are we, why would be not? Why are we being nice if we don't know you? Because you know, human beings are generally miserable and mean. Like men aren't really all that nice to other men. If anything, we'll do a head nod. Hey, bro. Hey, how you doing? We'll just say, well, that's it. I'm not really going out. Of, I'm not paying for a dude's coffee. If a man wants to pay for my coffee, uh, uh. Uh-uh. What? No. Uh, uh-uh. uh. Sorry, Rhea. I don't. I don't like that. For why is he paying for my coffee?
2: You've never been in a pay-it-forward line at Starbucks? Hell no. A pay-it-forward line? That's a such thing? Yeah, like someone pays for you to kind of keep it going sometimes.
1: Well, I don't go to Starbucks, so that probably explains why I've never been in a pay-it-forward line. (sighs) Let's say I'm not in a pay-it-forward line, and it's just a dude, and he's sweaty. Let's say it's Dion. Ain't no way I'm accepting that coffee. Nope. Fellas, you wouldn't find that weird if a man, I wouldn't, I just know I could accept it. Cause if I accept it now I'm submissive to him. Now he just exercised like his finances over me, even though it's just something as simple as coffee, the gesture of me accepting, because when I accept his coffee, how do I, how do I thank him? Oh, hi. Thank. Oh, hi. What's your name? What do we, when am I introducing myself to him now? Uh uh-uh. Uh, if anything, I might count and be like, no player. I'm going to pay for your coffee. What up? And now we fighting. Now I got to shoot him. See that? You see how violence works. R- Rhea, it's different for you because if someone pays for your coffee, okay, better example. If a woman pays for your coffee, that is such a beautiful and sweet gesture of women showing each other respect. That's dope. Cause if, in fact, if a woman paid for another woman's coffee, Or she was like, oh, girl, I love your hair. Oh, you killing it in that dress, girl. I love your shoes. I got your coffee. And if I witness that, I'm paying for both coffees. But with men, I don't want no, because my coffee paid for by a man would taste different.
2: It's going to taste like coffee. No,
1: it ain't. It's going to taste like regret. It's going to taste like roofie.
2: You built this up in your own head versus taking a nice gesture.
1: Why Why is a man buying me coffee? Now, if he says, hey, Sherwin, I like your radio show, I'll buy you a coffee. Thank you. I don't even know if I'd accept it, though, because then they put on social media, Sherwin Hughes' ass is broke. He couldn't even afford his coffee. I had to buy his coffee. I actually got upset at this whole scenario.
2: I can see. I don't know how you got there. You kind of got there on your own. If a man offered a woman coffee, there's a like a threat level there because you don't know what could be in the coffee. He might just be trying to mac on you. In any other situation, it's just an act of kindness. And for you to frown up at kindness is kind of strange.
1: If you're standing in line at Starbucks and the man behind you who you don't know, who have who you have not seen, offers to pay for your coffee. So he's not, like, ordering a coffee and then here handing it to you. Don't do that because that would be dangerous. He's just offering. You would accept it because you would just think it was a pay it forward thing, right?
2: I'll take it because I'm poor. Okay. He probably wants to
1: have sex with you. And, fellas, think about it. If you can have sex with a woman for the price of a cup of coffee, score, win for you. That's a win. I mean, coffee ain't $7. That's All That's right. Let's see what we're saying on YouTube. Um, Romel says, do we think a lot of the double standards for women come from jealousy? Women can be notoriously jealous of each other for anything: looks, shape, hair, or relationship. From sciencedirect.com, women transmit same-sex romantic rival social information strategically. Women harm reputations of attractive, flirtatious and proactively provocatively dressed women Competitive women transmit more reputation harming information about other women. Women damage rivals reputations, but do not report explicitly, explicitly disliking them. I've never read anything more true in my entire life. I know a woman when she's not dead. I, I knew her. I know her. She's not. She's still around. Hates her best friend. Hates her. They hate each other. They're condescending, they're passive aggressive, but they go on vacation with one another. It blows my mind. They're overly critical of each other's clothes like, "Oh, you're Oh, you're wearing that?" "Oh, I could never." "Girl, I'm so proud of you for wearing those boots. I couldn't wear those boots ever." I hope they were cheap. And they say like stuff like that, and it totally blows my mind. The other thing is, even though they don't we don't like to have this conversation, a lot of it is it is competitiveness. Do y'all have any idea? Because when women say mean things about other women, you know who they're telling these things to men. If a woman hates another woman, she will tell her man how much she hates this woman. It could be somebody she works with. It could be her sister. They disclose. so we hear all of it. We hear as men So-and-so is a hoe, she dresses like this. So-and-so did this, did that, did this, did that. It's the craziest thing ever. But it's also, it's competition because 90% of the women that are heterosexual and cisgender that want a man want 10% of the men. Only 10% meet the requirements of being a good man worthy of settling down with who could be a protector and a provider who would be a good father. That's not all men. Men at the very, very top, they're handsome, they're tall, they're intelligent, they're funny, they've got great status, they've got good reputation, like all of those things. That's not all men. There's only a small select group of men. But most women want a man that checks all those boxes, and rightfully so, because if a woman has got to be more selective, because if she selects wrong, what happens? He'll kill her. If a woman selects the wrong man and doesn't pay attention to the red flags, statistically, she may die. So they have to be selective. So why shouldn't a woman check, have all of these boxes of things she absolutely needs. If she is going to commit herself, give her body, her mind and her soul to this man, he's got to have all of the things he's got to be intelligent and have money and have property and have a great sense of humor and have stay He's got to know how to dress. He's got to have all those things. And ladies and gentlemen, y'all know that that's not every man. Most men are just sad, lonely and lost. They just kind of walk around, shoes don't match, got a stain on their shirt, just walking around. We just, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to buy a woman a coffee and trying to have sex today. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I'm just walking around. I, shirts buttoned up all funny. It's, ties got chicken grease on it. Most men are pathetic. But then there are those men who are at the very, very top. They are wanted by so many women because then women have to be competitive. Because these men that are at the very, very top, which one of these 90% of women, because they have ultimate options when it comes to women. They can choose from, there's some men they can get any woman they want. Maybe it's a Hollywood actor. Like all, like women have like celebrity crushes because that man embodies what is ideal for her. And that man, whoever he is, can be with any woman that he wants for the most part because he checks the boxes that 90% of women want. So women have to be competitive because if there is only a few men that check all of the boxes, then the woman has to wonder why would he want me or what is it about me as opposed to 90% of these other women that he would choose. So they got to discredit one another and women do if a woman dresses a particular way way too provocative and if she is showing up other women women will suck their teeth and roll their eyes and do all sorts of things not all women let me be abundantly clear and this may be a generational thing maybe younger women are much more nice and accepting and accommodating of other women but old women older and middle-aged women see a girl dressed with her kibbles and bits hanging out that look at her Mm, what does she think she doing? Look at her. Look at who. Why would she leave the house looking like that? Pure jealousy. We gonna sit here and pretend like that doesn't exist. It does. Barbara Smith says having sex with a sex worker isn't really intimacy, is it? It's transactional. But you still can experience the feeling of intimacy, even if it is transactional. It's just like we watch a movie. And we know it's not real, but you still get into it. I think it still helps if a man can experience intimacy and get all of the endorphins and all of the feelings and the oxytocin that you get from experiencing that. And maybe it encourages him to go and find it on his own. But I think that there is a level of intimacy, just like we can read a book and feel an intimate connection with a character. We know it's not real, but we still get those warm and fuzzy feelings when we read about this character. And most things that we do in this life are transactional. Even like dating and relationships, they're all transactional. You're lucky if you can find love. You're lucky if you can find that person that you want their needs to be your needs and your needs are theirs. But that is different than a relationship. A relationship is management skills. Creation Muse says old timers used to say persistence was the key to getting a woman slash a wife. Now you might get charged with harassment. Depends on what kind of persistence, I suppose. But also, don't waste your time. I'll be damned. I just found my female equivalent. Sherlyn. S-H-E-R-L-Y-N. I am Sherlyn. So, Sherlyn and Sherwin. I'll be damned. That's my female equivalent. Well, nice to meet you, Sherlyn. Sherlyn, if I was a woman, I would probably look a little better than you. I'm sorry, and I don't even know what you look like. You might be a dime piece, but I think I would, I would be a model probably. I'd be like high fashion. All the rappers would want me. Rick Ross, I'd be flying around the world. No, I don't. Th- he's I don't like him. He's yuck. He's not for me. I don't know who I would if I was if I was a woman. Come on, if I didn't have this bald ass head and this beard. <laughs> Cause I, somebody told me because I got, I got cheekbones. Yeah, I would be a very cute lady. Creation Muse says it's called background slash history checks before you date or marry a man. Yeah, all that stuff ain't going to show up, though. Like You're assuming that they've been convicted of a crime that you can actually research. Some people just never get caught. Barbara says, oh, yeah, never take coffee from someone except the barista. So what I meant, Barbara, is... Yeah, don't take a drink from anybody. If somebody says, here, I got you a drink. No, thanks. Don't drink it. But if you're ordering your coffee and someone agrees to pay for it for you, do you accept it? By accepting that coffee, you're accepting some financial aid from the person, right? You're exposing a vulnerability because you're accepting something that they're giving you. But does that obligate you to talk to them or be nice to them, et cetera, et cetera? And so I think that I would. I would deny it. If a woman wanted to buy me a coffee, I, that's more explicit. If a woman wants to purchase something for a man, cause I've had women buy things for me before. I've had women buy me drinks at a bar before. That's cause she wants to hit the cake. She wants to, yeah, she. Oh yeah. Women ain't going to come on Rhea. Women are not going to buy a man a drink just cause. Oh, hit the cake. It's um, have a relations to copulate. Hit. The, yeah. Oh, that's, that's an old one. Like, oh, what did y'all do this weekend? Oh, I hit the cake. Oh, you for real? You hit the cake? Yup. Because we we talked different in the 90s. That was 20th century lingo. But if a woman, a woman that I don't know, hey, can I can I buy you a drink? Hell yeah, you can. I would so appreciate that gesture because women don't do that. Far too many women, especially out in public, whatever, Feel so incredibly entitled. It's some women that go out with no money, no money, because they just know a man is gonna buy them a drink. Or oh Lord, have mercy. Do I love this? I've been at the bar before. And this is my old life. I, I ain't out there in the streets no more because ain't nothing out there in the streets but trouble. And I'll be chilling, right? Because you know, sure, and I likes to chill. In fact, I even have like, I got my chilling mannerism. I just, be, I'll be laying in the cut, just be like chilling. Leaning against the bar, looking like a player, just chilling. And a woman come chat me up. Hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm all right. What's your name? Oh, I'm Sherwin. Oh, what's your name? Oh, Susie. Hi, Susie. Very nice to meet you. Having a good time? And like, yeah. So what do you do, Susie? Where are you from? Blah, 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 blah. And we're chatting, right? I'm not thinking nothing of it. I'm sipping on my drink. She's staring at my drink. She ain't got no drink. And we're chatting, making small talk. You know, talk about what she does for a living, talking about her family. Conversation is going good. She's steady, staring at my drink, right? We're chatting. I'm enjoying myself having my drink, chatting with this woman named Susie that came up to me. And then out of nowhere, said, well, you going to buy me a drink? For her coming up to me and being nice to me and pretending to be interested in who I am as a person now cost me a beverage for her. Most times I will say no. So, Barbara, that is referring to your transactional nature of things. She believes this woman who I don't know. I didn't ask this woman to come up to me. I might not never have seen this woman before. It's one thing if I make eye contact, but I don't know who this woman is. This woman just came up to me out of nowhere. I'm minding my own business. Remember, I'm chilling at the bar like a player. Laying in the cut. She come up talking to me. And all of a sudden, after a couple of minutes of small talk conversation, well, you gonna give me a drink or what? Nope, you broke. No, I'm not, cause I came to the club with money. So quite the opposite. You're the one that ain't got no drink. Move on, move around, Ria. You know that that's legitimate if a woman just comes up to me and talks to me, like I'm like, I'm lonely or something like she doing me a favor by coming up to me and talking to me. And because she's talking to me because she came up to me, I owe her a drink. I owes you nothing. Next thing you know, she going to say I owe her, her rent money. Well, I'm, I went on a couple of dates with you and we hung out a few times. Pay this here rent. Hell no. I ain't never paid a woman's rent before ever. Like pay all of it. Sure. When my rent, is $1,200. I'm like, damn, where you live? That's expensive. I know. Can you help me uh, with what? An algebra problem? What do you need help with, honey? What do you you want to learn how to Google better? Like, what do you mean? No, I need, I need help. Oh, you need like therapy. Well, let me recommend my therapist. I got a very good therapist. Sometimes I get flooded. That's what my therapist says. I want to take a break apparently because I'm talking too long. It's Women's History Month. I'm learning a lot already. Norm is on hold. Norm wants to talk about buying drinks for people. I can't wait to hear what Norm has to say, so stay tuned. We're going to talk to Norm on the other side. The Truth with Sherwin Hughes will be right back.
0: The Truth with Sherwin Hughes returns after this on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. More of The Truth with Sherwin Hughes is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app. And 1017thetruth.com.
1: Uncle Steve says, you forgot narcissist. They love that word, too. Yeah, every man is a narcissist. Sometimes when men are real honest, because men have to be honest with one another. We can't lie to each other because we don't want to. I'm not going to have none of my dudes over here looking like fools because I'm over here lying to him. He looks like an idiot. He looks stupid. I'm going to tell you, man, hey, yo, bro, you got to fix that. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to lie to my dude. Sometimes if we use the same honesty with women, we're narcissists and misogynists. And I know that sometimes they do these things called they bid for connection, like they reach to get like a compliment, to get something that's affirming, because that's the reason why social media is so full of thirst traps. People want validation. Honey, do I look fat in these jeans? Yeah, you do. Don't wear those. Here, wear these. (laughs) why did you ask me i don't like these how these really fit do these look bad yeah they do you're right you should have went with your first mind you don't look good in those you have other articles of clothing which you do look good in and then the man can be proactive here what about this right here do you look real you look banging in this right here but if you're wearing something and you're unsure of it and you know you're unsure of it and you ask me i'm gonna tell you i don't want you following behind me looking raggedy just like a woman don't want me following behind her looking like a fool. Because if I put someone's say, hey, baby, how I look in this? Uh, don't wear that. I'll be like, oh, thank you. Thank you for telling. What should I wear? Here, I What about this? Match this sport coat with these pants and wear this button down. Boom. Woman asked me how she looked, and she looked terrible. I'm going to tell her. You look, that's not for you. Let's talk to Norm. Norm, you got some. Uh, I'm on the radio. Y- yes, you are. Who are you telling that to? I'm sorry, brother. What were you saying? You want to talk about buying drinks for people. You know? Okay. Um, yes. I had an old school guy who told me um, he had a couple bars. He said, when you see a lady or whoever, you always give them what they drink in. Don't say you're going to buy them a drink because they're going to go from the bottom to the top. All right, brother. Have a good one. Okay. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Oh, I guess I never thought about that. But I'm not buying drinks for women. I'm not. I'm not, Hell no, because y'all don't even appreciate it. Now, I've done that before. I used to use it as an icebreaker, you know, back in the day when I was in the streets. Because I would use it as an excuse. Well, now she has to give me the time of day. Hell no, I ain't doing that now. And plus, I'm not out there in the streets at all. I don't even want... I ain't talking to none of y'all. No offense. Don't get offended when old Sherwin looks the other way. Blake says, get out and vote. That's what he says. Uncle Steve says, no yoga pants. Do they tell girls, like middle school girls and high school girls, that they can't wear yoga pants, yoga pants are, shh, listen to me. They look naked sometimes because they be tight. men can't wear it. What's the equivalent of a man wearing yoga pants? I've seen men in yoga pants. Not cool. Not cool at all. You know what I was told? And you guys may have different opinions about lingerie because clearly these topics are all included in Women's History Month. Some men, because men are visual. We're wired that way. And we see stuff like, ooh, that's sexy. We see a woman wearing some lingerie or whatever. The equivalent is when a man... Is wearing a suit. If a man has got a wearing a nice fitted suit, is that handsome? Rhea, when a man's got a suit on, what do you prefer a man to wear? Like what can a man wear that you or women in general find attractive? Like a hoodie and a baseball hat, a suit, a, what do you what do you think? What's attractive? Or does it matter? Maybe it don't matter what he wears.
2: I don't think Women hypersexualize men that much, but I would say yes, a suit like a Sunday best usually looks the best to me. Just let you took care of yourself and no basic hygiene.
1: Okay. That makes sense. And women hypersexualize men all the time.
2: It happens. It goes both ways. It does. But we don't mind it though.
1: It can be it can come off as aggressive. I have been Oh, I got so many stories, y'all. I have been obviously approached by women before, and women have got different approaches. Some have been aggressive. So when I worked at Ernie Von Schladen, it was one of my summer jobs when I was in college. I worked with this woman named Colleen. So I was probably 20. I don't even know if I was 21 yet. The summer that I was 20, I came home. I was going to Oshkosh at the time. I worked at Ernie Von and I worked in the parts department. So you would bring your cars into the service department. Like, Hey, sure. When we need um, oil filter and, you know, four quarts of oil for this vehicle, I go upstairs to the stock room and I get the oil filter and oil. Like that's what I did. I actually made good money back in the day working for Ernie. He hired me every single summer. And I worked with this woman named Colleen. Colleen was probably 40, but looked 60. And think of a stereotypical white woman, of course, A stereotypical Harley Davidson rider. She was maybe 5'5 or 5'6. Easily 210 or 215. Really bad perm that was dirty blonde, like dishwater blonde, like a Lilt home perm. And she had a part in the middle. She had really bad skin and she smoked cigarettes. This is Colleen. Okay. So we had... Um, storage area for all the automobile parts that Ernie Von Slater on both upstairs and downstairs. And sometimes I'd have to climb on this little step ladder to get parts that were on the top shelf. And every time she walked past me, she grabbed my butt cheeks. Now remember, this is a woman who is 40 but looks 60 has a bad perm. apart down the middle. She's 5'5 five, five, or 5'6 five, and she's 2'15. Even if she didn't eat that morning. She was pushing 2'15. And she always she would grabbed my butt. And I was offended. And I was angry. And one day. Because I wouldn't know that she was sneaking up behind me. You would think that a woman that was 5'5 five, five, or 5'6 five, pushing 2'15. Even if she had been fasting. That she couldn't sneak up on me. But she was sneaky. She must have wore real quiet shoes. And she grabbed my butt. And she would think it was funny. And one day. One day I just got frustrated because she didn't do it every day, but if she would do it when I least expected, she grabbed, she pinched my booty. Said she, she goose me, and one day I turned around and I said, "The next time you grab my butt, I'm going to break your effing fingers," and I meant it. And she never grabbed my butt again. So she she sexualized me. I didn't like it. What'd you say, Rhea? I deserved it. Because I was looking good in my pants.
2: No, I said she sexually assaulted you.
1: She sure did. But this is in the 90s, back when men, you can't say. Even now, if a man gets sexually assaulted by a woman, we can't say anything. If a man gets is in a domestic a, abusive relationship, because I need y'all to know that women hit men a lot, especially because we can't hit them back. A man can't report that. You got to take it. And if you do report it, you're weak. You know how crazy that is? So if a man gets hit by a woman and reports it because she would and she should because it's illegal and it's disrespectful and it's mean and it's condescending and it's inhuman to hit a romantic partner. He's going to be looked at as weak. The police are going to laugh at him. They're going to laugh at him. If she no, nah, they not nah, because domestic violence stuff because those are really deadly. Sometimes the police will take action, but a lot of times the man will just be considered weak. But what's the man supposed to do? Because there's two, especially as a black man, there's two entities in which we can never defend ourselves. We have to let them kill us, essentially. It's against the police. I can't defend myself against the police. If the police start beating on me, I got to take it. I got to hope that I can, like, file a lawsuit. Maybe if I survive. Maybe. So I can't defend myself physically against the police. Some of y'all think that you can. Mm, It's not going to end well for you. So I cannot physically defend myself against the police, even if he's off duty, still can't. And I can't defend myself physically against a woman. The only way I could ever, ever any man could ever get away with defending himself physically is if the woman has a gun. And then he like opens fire on her. Other than that, you can't. If a woman hits you, you just got to take the hit. All right, take a break. Come back. We're talking about women's history. No, this is all part of it. I said by the end of the month, we're going to have an understanding of women. You are listening to The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth. And yes, Eddie, I did get your meme about TD Jace. Have you ever been swallowed up? Do you have it, Rhea? We got to play it today at some point. Have you ever been swallowed? I mean, the answer is yes, right? I mean, in the context in which he's talking about where you just felt so overwhelmed, you get swallowed. Why would he use that term, though? Like That's not, that's not a proper term. I, I wonder if Pastor Kenneth La- the Truth with Sherwin Hughes will be right back.
0: Don't touch that dial. The Truth with Sherwin Hughes will be right back on 1017 The Truth, the truth app at 1017thetruth.com. You are listening to The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.
2: Well, it's a marvelous night for a moon dance with the stars above in your eyes. A romance.
1: Need the cover
2: of
1: About a third of workers in the country's 10 highest paying occupations are women. And that's up from 13% in 1980. A November 2023 analysis of Census Bureau data shows that women have increased their presence in almost all of the high paying jobs in America. Workers in these occupations typically earn more than $100,000 a year and include physicians, lawyers, and dentists. Despite these gains, women are still the minority in nine of these jobs. Pharmacists are the exception. 61% of pharmacists are women. The share of women in the other nine occupations remains well below their share of the U.S. workforce. So women in 1980 were 13% of physicians. Now they are 38%. Median earnings for a physician, $210,000. Women are now 29% of chief executives and public administrators. Average salary, $140,000. Actuaries in 1980, women were 25% of actuaries. In 2023, they are 26% of actuaries. That is a average salary of $125,000. Physicists and astronomers, here's an interesting one. In 1980, women were only 6% of all the physicists and astronomers in America. Now they are 24%, and they make an average of $120,000 a year. Women lawyers. In 1980, 14% of women were lawyers. In 2023, that number was 40%. Average income of a lawyer, $120,000 a year. Pharmacists. In 1980, 24% of women were pharmacists. Now 61% of pharmacists are women. Average salary for a pharmacist. Ooh, that ain't bad. $117,000. Airline pilots and navigators. I've never seen a woman pilot. And I've flown a lot. I've never seen a woman. Ain't that something? I would feel safe with a woman flying the plane. I feel safe with women do a doing a lot of stuff. Unless they're a firefighter and my house is on fire and I'm on the second floor and she has to she she gets her ladder. Cause this lady firefighters, because women can fight fire. And my house is burning down and I'm screaming out the second floor window. Help! It's hot. What else am I going to be screaming? Why are you looking at me like I'm crazy, Ria? So my house, I don't want my house to start on fire. Please, Lord, do not allow my house to start on fire. Let me knock on wood. But let's say it does. A freak accident. I'm frying some chicken. I'm frying some vegan chicken. And then, I don't know, I happen to go upstairs for something. And I'm upstairs all of a sudden, (laughs) Uh uh-oh. Fire. 911, send. Hi, 911, what is your emergency? Help! It's hot! Okay, we have you at, and then they'll say my address. Yes! And then a, a fire truck pulls up, and it's a woman in a bikini and a firefighter's hat. It's some hip boots. She puts the ladder. Sherwood, I'm coming to save you. All right, it's hot. And she puts the ladder up to the window and she weighs 120 pounds. And my house is burning down and there's smoke coming out the window. And she's wearing a, a string bikini and a firefighter's hat. And she has the oxygen tank strapped to her back. And then she climbs up to the second floor where I'm hanging out the window. And I'd be like, hey, how are you? He's like, Sherwin, sure, I have to rescue you. I know, but I just want to talk to you for a second. I don't think she'd be able to rescue me, but I would feel safe with women doing any occupation. I've had a woman doctor before, women um, specialists, obviously women nurses, chickpea is a nurse. But no, I think women women are very good at stuff. Sometimes women are better at stuff than us. Like arguing. LT says, I believe believable women. The woman who said she got hit with a brick had no scrapes, no scars, no blood, no brick fragments. All characteristics of someone who gets hit with a brick. I've seen who've been people who've been hit with bricks before. It is unbelievably ugly scene. That wasn't. Her. Yeah, she actually revealed. Or somebody revealed it was a hoax. She just did it to um, get some money from like GoFundMe, whatever. But I think the point, even though it was fake and that's horrible, because now when a woman really is in danger and in need of help some people might be reluctant i don't know what i would do because usually when i'm in public y'all i like to really keep to myself the other thing is you never know what's going on if there's someone just screaming for help because i gotta i might be helping the wrong person right because you could be the offender and you're screaming for help as the offender and i'm over here helping you and you just hurt somebody else so i just don't want to be put in that situation there is also there's a name for this concept is it the actor observer bias any of you that know social psychology you should know this no it's um it's social loafing that's what it's called let me explain it to you it's really interesting if let's say there is a person that's in distress they're like they're legitimately being harmed and it's happening in public and there's a lot of people around And people are witnessing it. Or it could be someone laying on the sidewalk, writhing in pain, and they're yelling for help. They're screaming for help. But you'll notice sometimes when when people are in public and they need help, everybody ignores them. They pretend like they don't hear the screams for help or they pretend to just they're minding their own business. Social loafing means if we see somebody in public, it's got to be crowded, okay? And if we see somebody that's screaming for help that needs help, we figure somebody else will call help because there's so many people also witnessing what is going on that we can mind our business and not get involved. And what happens is no one ends up calling for help because we expect somebody else to call for help because whatever this incident is or this person is in desperate need of help, we don't want to get involved because maybe we're on our way somewhere. We're late to a meeting. We don't have time to actually assist this person, but we feel okay because this person is in distress and is in need of help in public where everybody can see. So we figure the next person will call for help. And what happens is people end up dying because of social loafing because nobody calls 911 because we assume somebody else will. It's sad. LT wants us to play some Taylor Smith, Taylor Swift. Not Smith. I hope the Swifties don't come after me. And to that, I say no, LT. LT also says his blackness comes off as Asian, too. My blackness comes off Asians, too. Hey, you can't say that on the radio. Dion says, why all the women be unattractive that report be sexually harassed? That woman Bill Cosby went to jail for look like Bruce Jenner. That was rude. Dion. That. That's that. Nah, don't say that. And being sexually assaulted doesn't have anything to do with how attractive you are. Dion says FYI sure when I ain't paying for sugar honey iced tea. I don't treat random women or open the door for them. Brian says insecurities are real. If you know what's in your bank account, why do you care what others think? Rich people accept free stuff all the time. That's how the rich stay rich. More poor people would benefit from that lesson instead of always trying to be the big man. You know what? People that don't have a lot of money are oftentimes more generous because they know what it's like to not have. And if they have a little bit, you ever notice that when somebody doesn't have a lot of money, they're really generous. They're willing to give it away. The wealthier people can sometimes be stingy. I mean, it depends, but because poor people know what it's like to be poor, if they get some money, if they win the lottery, they're going to make sure everybody eats, take a break, come back and keep talking about women's history. The truth with Sherwin Hughes will be right back.
0: The truth with Sherwin Hughes returns after this on one Oh one seven, the truth, the truth app and one Oh one seven, the It's the truth with Sherwin Hughes on one Oh one seven, the truth, the truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.
1: Carrie's in the producer's studio helping me celebrate Women's History Month. This is from the National Library of Medicine. This paper introduces a theme issue combining interdisciplinary perspectives in the study of female competition and aggression. Despite a history of being largely overlooked, evidence is now accumulating for the widespread evolutionary significance of female competition. Here, we provide a synthesis of contributions to this theme issue on humans and other vertebrates and highlight directions for future research, Females compete for resources needed to survive and reproduce and for preferred mates. Although female aggression takes diverse forms, under most circumstances, relatively low risk competition strategies are favored, most probably due to the constraints of offspring production and care in a social species such as humans. Dominant relationships and the threats of punishment can resolve social conflict without resorting to being directly aggressive and coalitions or alliances may reduce the risk of retaliation. Consistent with these trends, indirect aggression is a low cost but effective form of competition amongst young women. Costs are also minimized by flexibility and expression of competitive traits with aggressive behavior and competitive signaling tailored to social and ecological conditions. Future research on female competition and the proximate mediators of female aggression will be greatly enhanced by opportunities for interdisciplinary exchange as evidenced by contributions to this theme. What's this one here? Researchers have suggested that women compete with same sex peers using indirect social tactics, However, the specific predictors and mechanisms of this form of female intrasexual competition are less well understood. We propose that one mechanism by which women harm rivals social opportunities is through selectively transmitting reputation relevant social information. Moreover, we contend that this behavior is designed to undermine the romantic and social appeal of same sex romantic rivals who are perceived to be threatening. Evidence from 5 studies suggests that women's dissemination of social information is strategic and reliably predicted by various cues of romantic rival threat, attempts at mate poaching, physical attractiveness, provocative clothing, etc. Women strategically harmed and fail to enhance the reputations of other women who threaten their romantic prospects directly by f- by flirting with their romantic partners and indirectly by being attractive or proactively, pro, provocatively rather dressed, women's dispositional levels of competitiveness also predicted their information transmission. Highly competitive women, both generally and in romantic domains specifically, disclosed more reputation damaging information than did less competitive women. Furthermore. Women transmitted reputation harming information about female targets, independent of how much they explicitly liked those targets, suggesting a disconnect between a woman's intentions and their gossip behavior. Irrespective of the gossiper's intentions, pilot data confirmed that social harm is likely to befall the women targeted by the transmission of reputation damaging social information. Competitive reputation manipulation. Women strategically transmit social information about romantic rivals. Quote, when I was in junior high, there was a new girl that a bunch of girls that a bunch of guys liked. Rather, two girls in the grade went around with a petition. They made all the boys sign and the petition said, I will never go out with mega whore. Hope Wiseman said that. Quote, Brianna and Mackenzie gave Jenny a code name and started calling her Harriet the Harry whore. They told everyone Jenny was hooking up with boys in the woods behind the soccer field. Brianna and Mackenzie started a club called Hate Harriet the Whore. Five studies tested the prediction that women selectively transmit rival social information in response to romantic threats. An initial pilot study established various pieces of social information that effectively damage women's reputations and undermine their ability to acquire new social and romantic partners. These statements were then employed as a dependent measure in the subsequent theories. Study one tested the prediction that women would transmit social information that harmed and withheld. There's a whole scientific study related to women destroying each other's reputations because they find them competitive for romantic partners. A pilot study was conducted to establish whether various pieces of social information would harm or help a woman's desirability as a social partner. Men and women rated a hypothetical female target's interpersonal desirability and morality upon learning various pieces of information about her. Male participants completed additional items assessing the target's desirability as a short term and or long term partner. A sample of 111 individuals, 48 men. Median age, 35.3 and range, 19 to 65 years, responded to an online survey posted on Amazon's Mechanical Turk. After providing consent, participants were told to imagine a woman named Francesca had just joined their social group. Next, participants were subsequently exposed to 10 statements ostensibly about Francesca and asked to evaluate her In response to each, the statements were presented individually and in a randomized order to minimize carryover. The truth was sure when Hughes will be back for hour three.